Welcome to Women Rise. What makes me qualified to talk about how women rise? I am a woman, living, breathing, experiencing. I'm your host, Melissa, and in this episode, we're going to talk all about cultivating curiosity, not just in the workplace, but in all parts of your life. So curiosity, if you haven't heard or been reading any articles recently in the business world in particular, it's been growing in popularity by a lot, especially amongst academics and business people, which is great. (laughs) This is definitely a concept that needed to make its way into the business world. So the Harvard Business Review had an article back in September of this last year, so September of 2018, called The Business Case for Curiosity. And it basically discussed how curiosity can improve a company's adaptability and long-term performance. And not really even just improve it, but was absolutely critical for businesses to stay in business these days. It also discussed a lot about how to actually create an environment that fosters creativity and asking questions. Because the funny thing about the business world is oftentimes, you know, businesses will say that they really stand behind a particular thing or they want a particular behavior, but then they don't actually create the infrastructure to make it possible. It's astounding how many companies will say that they believe in curiosity, they want their people to innovate but then they make it feel unsafe to ask questions. And it's not that they do this intentionally, but you're trying to have new ideals with an old infrastructure. And those two don't normally mix. (laughs) In fact, they never do. So the article talked a lot about actually creating an environment and an openness so that employees felt confident asking questions. So that's great and all, but what today I really wanna dive into is how we're creating and cultivating curiosity in our personal lives. And it's funny because curiosity is something I've been talking about for a long time, especially because my work is in the field of social media marketing. And one of the core concepts I'm always sharing with clients, and even in this new online course I built recently, is about the importance of cultivating curiosity when it comes to social media marketing. The underlying message that I always share is that instead of getting frustrated when posts don't perform, right? You post something, say, on Facebook and it doesn't get that many likes, or you post something on Instagram and it kind of falls flat. Try to approach the situation with curiosity. So rather than labeling yourself as, oh, I'm good or bad at social media marketing for making that one post or maybe even a few posts, learning to ask questions, genuinely ask questions. So for example, let's say you made a post on Facebook and it got basically no engagement. What are some questions you could ask? Maybe like, was it the time of day that I shared this? Were not a lot of people online? Or was the copy too long? Should it have been shorter? Or maybe should I have used a video instead of an image, right? So these are all ways to cultivate curiosity. And what's the end result of asking these questions? Well, the end result is twofold. First, you're not going to label yourself in a black and white term. You're not just going to say, I'm either good or bad at this thing. The second is that it's a means of problem solving. Ultimately, it will resolve itself. You'll get a positive outcome when you start to ask questions because you're genuinely trying to dig into what you can change in the future. So what I learned this week is that cultivating curiosity shouldn't just be reserved for social media marketing or the workplace, but it can be applied to our personal lives and it should be applied to our personal lives. So cultivating curiosity when it comes to behaviors or actions 
can really pull us out of our lizard brain, right? Our lizard brain is ultimately what wants us to label things as black or white, good or bad, safe or unsafe. And it's truly one of the lowest frequencies of our brain, right? The more evolved we get, the more we are able to see life in shades of gray. Not something I've personally been great at when it comes to my personal life. It's ironic given what I share in my work life. (laughs) But curiosity really allows us again to create that scale, right? It breaks us free of that need for labeling things as good or bad. And it really creates an ability to problem solve and to understand points of view outside of our own. But we've gotten pretty far into this discussion before I've even defined a keyword. So according to dictionary.com, curiosity is defined as a strong desire to know or learn something. This is a simple yet effective definition in my personal opinion. Because it is, it's just having that desire to know more that allows us to really evolve through curiosity. And that's what makes it so powerful. It's why, you know, they talk about it a lot in psychology in addition to the business world. And the business world is only beginning to catch up with the psych, you know, the world of psychology. So curiosity is a necessary problem solving skill. And unfortunately, our egos often get in the way of staying curious, right? We become too set in our ways or our ego feels too fragile to let outside information in. So let that sink in for a moment, because I think this was a big one for me, is realizing that what was really hindering my ability to stay curious in my personal life is ego. All right, so let's say an opposing viewpoint on issue Maybe it brings up a lot of shame for you, and it can be a particularly difficult thing to overcome unless we practice staying curious. So practicing staying curious is not actually that hard. (laughs) We have opportunities every day. So try this. Maybe try this tomorrow. Maybe try this when you're on the bus next time or, say, on a plane and sitting next to someone who shares their opposing viewpoints. And trust me, if you've ever been on a plane, people love to share really personal stuff with the person sitting next to them. So next time this happens to you, rather than burying your head in your book and putting your headphones on immediately, try this. First, take a moment, clear your mind, right? So brief meditation, even like a minute, three minutes, or just taking a few deep breaths. Really try and focus on bringing your energy back down and staying rooted, right? Not getting lost in thought before you try to stay curious will help you stay curious. Second, keep an open mind. Now this is key because the next step of this is totally lost if you're not at least trying to keep your mind open. So curiosity really requires that we set our preconceived beliefs or notions to the backseat, just momentarily, just for a few minutes, right? It's not going to be forever, but if you can set your beliefs aside for just a few minutes, you have a real opportunity to learn. Step three. Think of open-ended questions that you could ask the person who has just shared a very radically opposing belief with you. Fourth, consider your tone. And if you can't ask it in a positive tone, don't ask it at all. But if you can, if you can make a real effort to ask a question in a positive tone, then you'll also mitigate the risk of offending the person. But think of an open-ended question, right? So what led you to believe this? What are your beliefs about XYZ, right? It doesn't have to have an end goal. The point of the open question is to really truly leave it open for the person to share something with you that might help you learn. And then fifth is listen with intention. 
So once you've stated your open-ended question, you've cleared your mind, you've thought about how to phrase it in a positive way, listen, truly listen. You'll be surprised what you can learn from this. Or, you know, you don't always have to do this with someone who's sharing an opposing belief, right? So maybe you're struggling with something simple. Think about how you could cultivate curiosity as a means of resolving an internal battle. So I'll give you a personal example that literally happened to me today. (laughs) You know, over the last week or so, I I recently discovered that I've been having a really hard time relaxing when I'm not working, especially if it's been a particularly work-heavy week, right? If I worked six days this week, which I did, I had a real hard time actually relaxing on my day off. And it occurred to me, this is because I don't know how to relax at home. I've always relied on going to the beach or getting some sun or being active, especially this past year because I was briefly living in California where it was always sunny and there was always an opportunity to be outside. So when it's cold outside here in Portland now and I can't go to the beach or I don't feel up to working out, I'm actually at a loss of how to relax. So this was a real opportunity for me to set my ego aside. It's kind of a strange question to ask people, but it was something I decided to ask a good friend. So I asked a friend today, how do you relax? And the response was fascinating and actually really helpful for me as well. This was someone who's also battled with an overactive mind at times. And she told me that she does things that stimulate her senses, right? So she'll go for a walk or run and really focus on taking in the scenery, right? Like feasting with your eyes, right? So, or she'll sit with pets and, you know, petting a soft animal and just sitting with her pets is a very easy way to relax and to rejuvenate. Or maybe she'll even read young adult fiction, something light and easy to read. So it's interesting, right? So this was a personal struggle, something I've actually been struggling with for a couple months now. And I finally was able to set my ego aside and actually ask someone, what do they do to relax? And this is just a small scale example. If you can think of different things in your life where maybe you just want to ask the question. And here's the thing. Our ego wants to tell us that we are weak for asking but I want to shut that down right now. There is nothing weak about asking or asking for help. It's actually the opposite. A strong person, a person who is solid in themselves and is willing to put their ego aside, will have no problem admitting when they don't know how to do something or need help. And that is a real opportunity for you, right? To practice having that confidence and knowing that you're not dumb for asking questions or you're not behind or out of it or even that someone is going to judge you. And you know what, if they do judge you, that's on them. But what I've found is time and time again, every time I've been able to push through and actually ask questions or ask for help, the response I've received has always been filled with gratitude and excitement to share what they know. It's flattering to be asked questions by people that you respect or trust. So try not to worry about that component of it because I know that that can become a hang up. And let's take this opportunity to do a quick mental inventory, right? Take a moment, take a few deep breaths, close your eyes, and let's think of some opportunities for you to cultivate curiosity. So the first question to ask yourself is, are there any relationships that could benefit from you taking an approach of curiosity to understand a viewpoint that differs from your own? Is there anyone in your current friend or family circle that has really different beliefs than you that maybe your connection could benefit from 
asking a few questions, learning a little bit more about what shaped their view. Second, are there any areas of your day-to-day life that you could cultivate curiosity to help you resolve a problem that you're having? Really think about it. Like for me, my example again was not actually knowing how to relax when it's not sunny outside. And maybe yours is something as simple, or maybe it's something a little bit more complex. But once you're able to come up with whatever those issues are, whichever one you feel comfortable addressing first, find some people to ask, right? Find some people with opposing views or someone that you respect that you could ask some open-ended questions to. So to wrap this up, curiosity really has three primary benefits to us. The first is that it helps us resolve problems, right? In our personal life, with other people. The second is it helps us resolve personal differences. This is huge. This is really, really big for being able to have relationships with people who have views that are different than your own. And third, it keeps us away from black and white thinking and labeling ourselves or others as good or bad. So curiosity, I think the benefits extend far past what it can offer you in a work setting. And I'm only just beginning to learn that myself. So if you have any stories of cultivating curiosity, always feel free to share them with me at missb.moves on Instagram. Would love to hear from you. So until next week, you badass ladies, keep moving and shaking. And check back next Tuesday at 9 a.m. for another episode of Women Rise.